gentlemen welcome to another episode of the shite sports talk show what you're hearing in the background is a theme song of the late rowdy roddy piper mr hot rod himself WWE hall of famer who passed away this past weekend roddy piper was a big WWE superstar hall of famer also competed in wcw so rest in peace to mr hot rod himself rowdy piper you will be missed i remember that guy man yeah he it's, was he was good it's been Not a bad. it's been a bad year for WWE the hall of famers you lose Ultimate Warrior in April. Then you lost Dusty Rhodes a month ago now at Hot Rod. So a lot of the old ones during your guys' time are starting to fade away. Rest <laughs> their souls. It is. It's so sad. Rest their souls. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was big. He was the ultimate heel, as you call him. He's the yeah. one who he's the one who made heels heels. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he he was he was a, a huge character, man. I, um, I remember that. Yeah. I watched the video the other day when he hit Snooka with that coconut during his little Piper's pit thing. It was, you know, it's pretty great to watch when he did it. <laughs> but uh, rest in peace to him and condolences out to his family and to the whole WWE family itself. Right. Right. So welcome to another episode of Shipe Sports Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Shipe, alongside with my co-host and producer, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Cross, across from me is David, the coach, Shipe. Thanks. Great to be back. Uh, Brad is not with us tonight. He's actually enjoying the Nats game. Uh, a little update for the Nationals. They are up. Four to three right now. Ian Desmond led off the scoring with a home run in the second inning. And then Wilson Ramos added two more runs in the fifth with an RBI single. So and then we, they tapped on another run with a ground out for Escobar scored. So the Nationals are up 4-3. Joe Ross went six innings, five hits, one earned run, and seven, uh, excuse me, I believe it was nine strikeouts. Nine or sits. I'm sorry. I got to look that up again. Sorry. But good, good. Good showing for Joe Ross. We'll get, we'll get into the Nats later in the show, especially about the Drew, uh, what Drew Storen is thinking after the trade for Papelbon. Also later in the show, we're going to get some also more local teams with the Nationals, and excuse me, Nationals with the Redskins. So uh, that'll be the second half of the show. The first half of the show, we're going to continue our football preview. I know Brad wished he was here for this preview. We talked a lot about it, but I'm sure he'll give his intake next week. But with me, Coach, and Paul are going to talk about it's going to be the AFC this week, the AFC football preview. Last week, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, we did the NFC. Then we had the two-week delay for my marriage and honeymoon, which was fun. Paul did a great job on the DJ. That's what I was going to say. That's the the other really big news. Right. Is right. Uh, Matt is now a married man. I am a married man. <laughs> yep, but, I can um, now take him off to taxes. <laughs> But uh, so, congratulate! Don't you're not going to escape this one too quick, there, buddy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> congratulations, Matt. It was uh, it was good to be there, man. Thank you. And also, I want to give a shout out to Paul and uh, his uh, little DJ and partner, Roy. Uh, they're called the DJ. I think they're Beat Squad, correct? Yeah. Anyone who's looking for a great DJ, they have a great they have great ratings. They're great in price. You can't beat them. So anyone looking for a wedding any kind of function, contact Paul. You can contact him off the show's website and look in the Beat Squad. You can check them out on Facebook as well. That's right. Thanks, man. A little shout out to Roy. I don't know if he watches or not, but shout out to Roy. Our DJ, our MC for the wedding. He did a really good job. And Paul, you're good on the spinners. <laughs> on the on the ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into this football. Uh, the first uh, conference, excuse me, first division we're going to tackle will be the AFC East. You have the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, 
and the Miami Dolphins, all four of these teams are going to have very interesting seasons. Some will be up, some will be down. But let's tackle first with the Patriots, with Tom Brady being possibly suspended for um, four games. Uh, the league is standing by the suspension. I'm sure he's appealing. So we have to see what goes on with that because that can really affect their uh, the beginning of their scheduling because um, the first four weeks are very tough. I mean, you got Pittsburgh, you got Buffalo. He's going to miss the Cowboys game, and he's going to miss the Jaguars. Now, I see them coming out in the Jaguars winners. I mean, there should be no reason without Tom Brady they should lose that. But you look at the other three games, and they potentially could be looking at a one and three start. Uh, you have Buffalo, who always plays them tough. They always bring them down to the wire, and that's a very better team this year than normal. You got McCoy, and with McCoy there as the running back, you know, the Patriots lost Vince Warford because they lost a really heavy man up front in the middle for defense, and they also lost a couple cornerbacks this year with Revis going back to the Jets. So the Patriots could be in trouble. Uh, I think for them to do good this season, they have to come out of that four-game stretch with Brady going at least two and two because think about it. You drop one and three, you know, you the games were clued in they're going to drop to the Steelers, Buffalo, and the Cowboys, and then you beat Jacksonville. But if you lose to Buffalo... That means in order for them to have a pretty good record, they're going to have to probably go 5-0 and the rest of the way in their division. And that's going to be hard for them. This division is, you know, could be one of the better divisions in football. Uh, you have the Jets right behind them who could possibly shelter the best defense in football. You have Revis coming back. You have Antonio Camardi. Williams they drafted. Uh, we're still monitoring the, the Sheldon Richardson situation. We still have also Wilkerson on the line. So it's going to be a pretty tough defense. And their offense for the Jets... Oh, don't forget Williams they picked up in the draft. I, I said Williams. Did you? I didn't hear you. No, I said Williams. Hearing aids, let me turn them up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so who's throwing? For, if, if Brady's not going to be throwing, who's... Uh... I'm going to butcher his name because Brad's not here to help me with names, but his name is Garpolola. Garpolola. Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Garoppolo, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of him. He's, he's, a, he's he, very new. They also have Matt Flynn on the roster, so Matt right. Flynn will also be the backup to... And Bagropolo, he's a second-year man out of uh, Eastern Illinois. He was picked up last year in the second round. It's almost the heir to Tom Brady, but I think it's starting to build it too soon. But here's the problem with him is I think for order for this offense to succeed, it's going to come down to Gronk. Gronk is going to be his guy. He's going to have to look to these first four weeks. When he's in trouble, he's going to have to throw to Gronk. Yeah, you have Edelman, you have Amadola and LaFell, but all these three receivers were all made because of Tom Brady. So now we get to see if it's Tom Brady, that's good, or if it's the product of the system, and that's going to be the key. Uh, and Laguerre Blunt is going to be used almost every game. He's going to at least get thirty carries. Says if the, he can't throw the ball, they're going to have to rely on Gronk or not Gronk, excuse me, uh, Laguerre Blunt. Well, I, I think uh, watching. I, I guess I cheated a little bit. I was watching the uh, NFL station, and they were, had mentioned that uh, I think it was two days ago that uh, Bill Belichick had sent. Uh, Garoppolo over to another field separate from the practice fields just to uh, get some work in or a good amount of work in with Gronkowski and their other highly talented tight end who I forget, but they were all three sent to another field to get timing down, routes down. So they're doing, they're trying to get him working with, with their top receivers. Well, they're so. going to have to in order for them to succeed. And then you have uh, the Jets who have a great defense. The offense you, you have the weapons, but you need the quarterback. I mean, you brought in Brandon Marshall. You have Eric Decker. I mean, you have the weapons on offense. I mean, you're going to have Stacy, Chris Ivey running back. That's a good that's a good combo back there. But as a quarterback, you have Geno Smith. And then, you know, who do you have behind him? That's the problem with the Jets this year is, you know, who's going to be their quarterback? I believe they also brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. 
So there's your problem is Marshall Decker, Cumberland's your tight end, who's not a bad tight, not a bad slouch himself than the quarterback. But if they can get Geno Smith somehow going this year and this can be his year, you got to look out for the Jets with that defense. And then right below the Jets, you're going to have Buffalo. You're bringing Rhett's Ryan. You're bringing the attitude. They already had a great defense. He'll make them even better. The offensive side, EJ Manuel has to take that step this year. But, you know, you have Matt Castle behind him who's proven, you know, he did really good in the Patriots system. So I guess maybe that can prove maybe it was a product of the system there. But EJ Manuel has to take that step. And then you're going to have McCoy, Fred Jackson, which is going to be a great combo to see because, you know, McCoy out of the backfield can do amazing things. You have Fred Jackson. There's your power back. So McCoy, you know, may not have to take the workload that he almost had in Philly a little bit with, you know, on third and one, third and two, you have Jackson there. Then on the outside receivers, you're going to have Watkins and Woods. And you also have Percy Harvin. Right. So they can utilize Harvin in a lot of sets. And you have Clay coming over from um, the Dolphins. So you're going to have a good tight end there. So I think, you know, they're set up. The Buffalo's set up to win, but it's the same thing with the Jets. You don't know the quarterback play. And then finally in the division is a team I actually have finishing last this year is the Dolphins. Uh, the reason I have the Dolphins finishing last is I don't trust Tannehill. Um, Tannehill isn't, I don't think, he hasn't proven himself to me yet. He wants that big contract, and I don't think he's proven himself to get the contract yet. I mean, and also the wide receiver issue. You lost Mike Wallace. He wasn't good for them because it wasn't the right system for Wallace. Wallace needs a quarterback with a strong arm. You know, you'd looked at him when he was with the Steelers. You know, when Ben was out of the pocket, Ben could look down the field, and there was Wallace 50, 60 yards down the field. Ben could get in the ball. Tannehill didn't have the arm strength of uh, that Ben has, which I think why Wallace is going to succeed a little bit better with the Vikings more than the Dolphins because, face it, Teddy Bridgewater is probably a better arm cannon than Tannehill. And then you look at his wide receiver thing this year. You have Parker, the rookie, who's hurt. You have Jennings, you know, getting up there in age. Kenny Stills, who's also hurt now. And this kid Matthews, who, you know, he has 64 career catches in four years and only four touchdowns. So not a lot of depth there with those other two injuries. Just Parker and Stills are going to be their main guys, and they're hurt. You bring in James Cameron from Cleveland. He has a history. He has a history of injuries as well. So you look at their offense, you're like, uh-oh, what can they do here? You got Lamar Miller... The running back who seems like he's going to have to take the workload, but if Tannehill can't jump to that level from a tier three to a tier two quarterback, they're going to be in trouble and could see the bottom of the list the whole year. The thing that they're saving grace is going to be their defense. You bring in Sue, you have Cameron Wake on the outside, you have Ben Grimes as a cornerback, so that could help them out a little bit, but if your offense can't get going, defense can only save you so much because if your offense can't stay on the field, your defense is going to get worn out, and that's where I feel this division is going to suffer to where the Pats Eventually, I have the Pats are winning this division at 10 and 6. I have the Jets yep. 9 and 7, Bills 8, 8, 6 and 10 for the Dolphins because eventually these offenses for these other three teams aren't going to be able to compete with the Pats' offense because their defense are going to get too worn out. Uh, who do you have for the rankings and um, standings for this division well, when it's all the, said and done? Rankings and the standings. Now, I want to get back to Miami now. If they're what they have here, five out of their first four games, or they'll be playing against teams that last year were under 500. If they can get through those first five games, let's say you know they could go three and three and two, four and one, that may help them get a jump start. Uh, but here's the also division. problem with their first five games: is two of them right. are division opponents in okay. Buffalo, New York, so that could wear them out. Now that, that could, and it also could help them. But I, I have a, the the Patriots picked first, ten and six. Uh, I think they'll get a rough start to the year, but they'll get a. Back on track. Uh, Belichick won't let them go down the wrong uh, rail. 
Uh, Buffalo coming in at, you know, nine and seven. Uh, Jets, I figure eight and eight. Dolphins, I'll give them seven and nine. Uh, it could go down, but I'd like to give them a little benefit and, you know, being a living down in the Miami area for a couple of years, I kind of picked up and liked them a little bit. I still look at them a little bit, but, uh, I think seven and nine for them. So Patriots, Buffalo, the Jets, and the Dolphins in that order. All right. So we all so we both have the Patriots winning. We'll get more into our complete playoff set for the AFC. Uh, second division, we're going over the AFC North. You have a local, local team in the Ravens. You have the Steelers, the Bengals, and Browns. Quick story about the Cincinnati Bengals. I was in Cincinnati visiting my sister-in-law this week after our little wedding, our little cross-country trip to visit family. I met Andy Dalton this Last week, <laughs> met him at a waffle right. house. It was pretty oh, random. Was taste yeah. the taste of Belgium, a waffle place. He would just walked in. He was just the waiter came up and says, Andy Dalton. We turn around, we see the redhead, obviously Dalton's redhead. And then you see the older gentleman across from the TCU jacket and you get the hint. That's probably his father because Dalton went to TCU. So he gets up. We asked him for a picture. You can see the picture on the Facebook page. I put it up there. Nice guy. Got to talk about fantasy. Told him how he helped me beat my best friend, my best man at the wedding, Chris, yeah. in fantasy because of a Hail Mary to A.J. Green. He loved it. Uh, he promised A.J. Green will have 15 touchdowns. So we'll have to keep him up to that. <laughs> but but a great guy. He was really nice. Kurt, you know, great take the picture. Him and his dad were, her, you know, thought it was funny. And it's funny because I feel like really only people in that whole place actually knew who he was. Everyone else was sitting there like... Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, going to ask if anybody like... like, like no, know, no one else really paid that. attention. It's probably like, well, why are they taking a picture? Oh, they might have been still asleep or something. That time <laughs> oh. But it was pretty cool to meet him. He's a pretty down-to-earth guy, pretty nice guy to take the picture. So, you know, he, I won't pick him up in fantasy, but still <laughs> still nice of him doing that. So we got the so let's first start off with the local team here, Baltimore, north of 95 with the Ravens. Um, same team, you know, you lose Torrey Smith. That's going to be a big hurt. Ray Rice was already gone, so that, that big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, the defensive side, they really didn't lose that much. You got Mosley, who's playing, you know, another year, more experience. You still have Suggs, Upsaw. They did lose, um, I can't, not a pronounce, Naji, Naja. Nada. Nada. No, no, only not, God. It's horrible. We can't say the dude's How name. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? I don't even remember. Oh, uh, okay. Never I know mind. where he's at. <laughs> God. These, why, do all the, why do all the players that make difference have the most ridiculous name ever? But it's a big defense attack. I'm looking up now. Sorry, guys. It's just still just a normal show out of a podcast. We're not professionals yet. Haloti Nada. There we go. Yeah, my dad had it right. Yeah, so you lose him in the middle, but I really don't think that was a big of a loss to the team. I think this team can rebound. They're always a defensive team, and this team finds ways to win in December. When they need it, they get down to crunch time. It's like, you know, uh-oh, you know, they need to get a win here and there. They know how to get the win. They know what to do down the stretch. They're a very, they're a December, January team. You know, last year they didn't make it. You know, they didn't beat the Patriots. I thought they should have. You know, I think they took the Patriots to the wire. They lost the eventual Super Bowl champs. So you lose Smith, but you bring in Pierman. And this is where it's going to get tricky. You still have Steve Smith, which is not a bad vet to have on your team. They, he showed last year that he still got it. He had a great year. He almost, almost had a, basically a career year with the Ravens. And you bring in Pierman, the rookie, and Pierman can actually learn a lot of things off of Steve Smith. He's almost like another Torrey Smith, but more okay. reception-type receiver. You got Forsett at running back, who was great last year. Came in. You know, they didn't know what was going to happen with the whole Ray Rice. You bring him in, and he did a tremendous job. One of the best years we've seen as a running back since probably Jamal Lewis, Ray Rice. You know, you can almost, if he keeps his ear up, he got the pay that he wanted. 
And you got Flacco, who just every year just keeps showing us that he gets better and better. You know, he's a Super Bowl champ. He got the pay, and he he showed that it just wasn't about the money. He played great. The defensive side, like I said, you still have Sudge, you still have Mosley, you still have Upshaw, you still have Jimmy Smith, Webb. You still got the defense intact, except for Nada. So I still think they're going to be great on both sides of the ball, and I think they're going to be solid enough to where they're going to win this division again. Yeah. Also, you look at this now. They do get a new offensive coordinator this year, Mark Tressman. Okay. Now, but listening to what what I've I've heard and and looked at, he's not going to change a whole lot of that offensive philosophy, which is going to be a big help to Flacco. So really, nothing is really going to change with the new offensive coordinator coming in. So that's going to keep the offense on track. Okay, and, and their defense is going to be what well, the Ravens' defense. Tough. They're going to get after you, you know. And and the other thing that they have going for them is Ozzie Newsom. He puts together a roster, okay, that from top to bottom, there's not a person on that roster that can't step up when they need to and do the job that they need to to keep to keep the Ravens on top. So they're they're going to have a good year this year. I you know I might be getting ahead of myself. I picked them to win the division. That's what I got. Uh, second of the division, I am going to have the Steelers. And I think it's going to be a close race between, I think it's going to come down between the Ravens and Steelers like always. Also, I think the Bengals are going to be in the midst. I have the Bengals and Steelers both finishing at 9-7. I'm going to have the Steelers getting that, um, get to them later. I actually have them with the final wild card spot. But the passing attack for Steelers is going to be even better this year. You're going to have Martellus Bryant, who's going to have another year under his belt. You still have Antonio Brown. I don't think Bell not being in the first two games are going to affect them. You're going to have the Patriots who won't have Tom Brady. So that'll even help the Steelers out to where, you know, not having Bell, but you still are going to have, you know, they're not going to have Brady. Then you have San Francisco, whose defense has really took a lot of hits that we discussed with all the retirement. So I think the only problem with the Steelers that I'm not liking this year is on the defensive side. And it's not coming from players they lost. It's one player and one coach. You lose Troy Palomalu, you lose a great leader. You lose Dick LeBeau, who's been running that defense for years, years, and years. And the fact that you lose him, he goes to the Titans. You lose a lot of leadership. You lose someone in there who brought a lot of wisdom, who helped these players now, like James Harrison. You know, when Palomalu was there, develop who they are now. And I think that's really going to affect... They're not, you're not going to see it, but it's going to affect them on the defensive side. And I think on defense, they're going to take a step back not having those two there. Uh, the Bengals, I have nine sevens as well. It's Andy Dalton is the key. Just, you know, I met him. You know, like I said, I met him. But can he take this next step? He's gotten him to the playoffs but he hasn't gotten that playoff win. He's been either blown out, come up short, thrown a pick. He has to take that step, and he's not taking it, and that's what the problem is. Also for the Bengals, they have A.J. Green. But other than that, you have Jones and Sanu, and you saw when Green went down last year, they struggled to produce an offense, and they need one of those guys to step up and be someone who, when you have Green out there, they can't just put a safety and the cornerback on Green. You need someone else to step up and be a big playmaker for receiver so you can get Green starting to go one-on-one again. Running back, you're going to have a combo of Jeremy Hill, who came out last year strong, proved himself to be a number one. Then you have Giovanni Bernard, who, you know, two years ago was the main guy and then kind of took a step back. And then tied in, you have Effort there, who does a great job. The defense aside from the Bengals, you know, I think their defense is great. I mean, you have Dunlop on the defensive end, who's great. You have Atkins up the middle, stopping anything that goes there. You have Adam Jones, who's really resurrected his career there. You have Hall on the other side. And then you also have Kirkpatrick, who's 
coming to his own now. You know, it's a couple years now in the league, and he's actually starting to develop who he is as a person. So they need him to develop to be a really good uh, backup, maybe a nickel-type guy, and maybe eventually the replacement for Adam Jones. Because Jones, Jones isn't young. He's up there in age. I mean, he was drafted almost 10 years ago, I think they're coming on now. He also was out of football, so, you know, he had to reamp his life. So Kirkpatrick, the fourth-year man, could finally see some more playing time as Jones, I believe, is winding down. And then we get to the Browns. The Browns, Browns, Browns. They're, what can you say about the Browns? But they have Johnny Menzel. And, you know, the Browns have a great defense, but it's their offense, same with the quarterback. Uh, quick note for everyone listening live, Clint Robinson just hit a home run for the Nats. They are now up 8-3 to three at the bottom of the eighth inning. Clint Robinson just hit a home run for the Nationals. They are up 8-3 to three in the bottom of the eighth inning. So good job for the Nats. Oh, nice. There we go. So for the Browns offense, you have... Dwayne Bowe, who maybe can resurrect his career there. You know, he's had a couple bad years. You have Hartline on the other side, and then what do you have, wide receiver? Nothing. Gordon is gone for a year, which is going to hurt them. He doesn't realize how bad he hurt this team. And because his suspension came after the draft, they couldn't draft a wide receiver. They didn't know what was going to happen. They should have prepared for it, but didn't. Starting quarterback, you're either going to have McCall or Menzel, whoever takes a step. And then their best position, their most deepest, I believe, is running back. You have Crowell. Wes and Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson just got hurt during training camp, so his progress, but I heard grave reviews about him. The defensive side, you know, you have Harden, who's always going to be great. Harden is going to be a great matchup against any receiver. He shuts down every number one every time he plays them. The other side, you have Justin Gilbert, who, you know, took wasn't really they thought he was going to be last year, but we'll see what develops there. Uh, you still have Kruger as an outside linebacker. You have Dansby in the middle. So, I mean, they have a good solid defense, but it's there another thing to where if you don't have a quarterback, you cannot succeed in this lead and you have their quarterback and you look at three other teams and they're light years ahead of them with Flacco, Rosseberger, and Dalton. The major difference is all three of those teams, their quarterbacks have playoff experiences. The Browns, they don't have anyone with any kind of experience. McCown, you know, he's just, he's a journeyman backup that's become a starter here and here out. Menzel, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe that rehab stint helped them, but I think they're gonna. I think the Browns once again are gonna be at the bottom of the league, and eventually they're gonna have to go out and actually draft themselves an actual starting quarterback because Menzel wasn't the answer. It was almost like you know something for viewing or ratings or something. I mean, so for the division for me, I have the Ravens ten and six winning it. I have the Steelers at nine and seven wild card. Bengals nine and seven missing the playoffs this year, and then I have the Browns finishing five and eleven. It's not bad. Okay, what do you got? What do I have here in, in that division? I, I have the local Ravens, which which I like the team that uh, they put together, finishing up at 11 and 5. Uh, Steelers coming in second at 10 and 6. Okay, possibly gain one of the wild card teams. And, you know, like the Steelers, listen, now they're, they're putting together some pretty good linebackers, which has always been their mainstay on their defense. So they're getting a linebacker crew back there. Uh, together they got uh let's see who they well they got the they got Dupree who was out of Kentucky okay so he'll he'll if he's a big factor in that core then the Steelers defense uh should pep up a little bit there but not enough to to get the bank to to get to get anything done or over top the Ravens uh Bengals nine and seven uh their biggest thing is how far can Andy Dalton take them and if you know, they may miss the playoffs this year, but uh, got them at 9-7. and seven. The Browns, 
you know, four and two. The only thing the Browns hope for is the offense is not going to score any points much, and their defense either keep them in the game or keep the game close. Possibly may, maybe they can get a play or something and kick a field goal or something and win it because you look at the Browns, like you say, on their offense, they don't have any explosiveness out there. There's no receivers that you can say, throw it down the field there, he's going to get it. There's you know, nobody I, that's going to go down. That's there. what happens when you lose Josh Gordon. He right. was his explosive player, right. and you know he just and, can't stay on the field. You know, McNown will, you know, K. McNown will probably start. He'll probably be the starter. Okay, but how long will he last? You know, is, is he suitable enough to go 16 game schedule? Hopefully for the Browns, he is. Maybe not. You know, their defense, their team defense was pretty good. They, you know, would give last year, they would average give up 21.1 points a game. And, but the problem is the offense would only average 18.7. So there is a little bit of a problem there, which they have to get straightened out. But I'm 4 and 12 for the Browns. All right. So there we go. So uh, who's, do you have any of the wild card teams from there or is it just Ravens? Well, I think the Steelers, what I'm, you know, look at my, the Steelers could come out as a wild card. Okay. They, they could be the wild card out of there because I have, remember, I have up in the AFC East, I have the Buffalo just missing at nine and seven. So the Steelers could be a wild card team out of the North. And you know how the Steelers and Ravens go. Whoever wins it, the other one's going to be a wild card. Yep. You know, it's, it, they're, they're that tough in that division. All right, we're going to move on to the AFC South now where we have the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. You have the Tennessee Titans. The, what? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, laugh it up. got to deal with them. Laugh it, it up. But wait, wait, they're going to surprise everyone this year. Watch. They're going to win the Super Bowl. I wonder no. how they're going to feel with you. Could, we would have picture with Andy Dalton. <laughs> Traitor. I don't care. <laughs> you would take one, too, even though you're a Russians fan. Yeah, I would. Then you have the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. First, let's start with the front runner who everyone knows is going to win the division is the Colts. Just like what Peyton Manning did, Andrew Luck is dominating this division. He's going to dominate this division for years and years and years to come. Their offense is crazy now. You have Andre Johnson, who... Has a quarterback to probably get him the ball. You have T.Y. Hill and you have Dorsett. Great combo wide receivers there. Frank you, Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore running back. And yep. then you have Boom Boom Dan Heron right behind him. You got tight ends. You have Fleener and Allen. I mean, where, where's the hole at? The hole last year, you know, was offensive line. They addressed it in the draft. But, I mean, wh- where is there a hole at? I mean, they're, I mean, you're in a weak division already. So, I mean, you're pretty much almost handed the title. You know, I hate to say as a Tennessee fan, but you're almost handed the title Right from the back, you have. They added him. That's not bad either. Yeah. You and then the defensive side, you added um, Jones. You know, you have they had to make some adjustment on defense, and I feel like they did address that. You get Davis as a cornerback, so that was the main problem last year was their defense. And you saw what the Patriots did. I don't care about Deflate Gate. I don't care what you say. Balls were deflated, inflated. They were going to get their butts kicked during that game anyway. The Patriots were on a mission. But I think the Colts this year are going to take that step, and we'll find out when we do the playoffs how far they take it. I think they're going to win the division at 12-4. and four. They're just going to steamroll everyone. You know, I really think knowing this division is going to give them any kind of trouble, and I really think they're going to go 6-0 in this division. I don't think they're going to lose once in this division, and that's why I have them at 12-4. and four. I believe, you know, maybe there'll be a stomp on the road with another team, someone outside the division. I mean, you got to play. You know, they're going to play um, New England this year. When they play New England, Brady will be back. So we'll see that matchup again. They got to play Denver, so we'll see a rematch of that. You got to play Pittsburgh. 
you know, you got to play, you know, like the Jets, Miami. So you got to play that tough defensive division. So we'll see what they're made of offensive-wise early because the first week they got to play Buffalo. And we already talked about that defense. So we got to look out to see what they do against Buffalo. Then the following week they got to play the Jets. So you start off the first two weeks season against some very, very good defenses. So we'll see what happens there with them. I mean, what are your thoughts on the Colts this year? Well, I, th- I think they're probably the team to beat in the, in, in, in the AFC. And uh, if they get through there, then they could they could go go to the big game. But I think the Colts uh, have have upgraded the offense, which you know is is a good thing for them. I mean, they've added people now. They have people that can rest, come in, get some more running time with Frank Gore, they'll run them backs, and then you get, you give them now Andre Johnson for another person for luck to throw to. But the question is, what we've always had is is same as last year, the, the offensive line, you know, can they get together a group of five young men that can hold everybody out and give Andrew Luck enough time to throw and open a couple of holes for Frank Gore. That'll and be, uh, that'll be the question. Yeah. And the defense to get Robert Mathis back. Hopefully he'll stay. He stays healthy for a full year. Okay. And uh, my thing is, you know, the, the, the uh, wide receiver from Miami, you know, Philip Dorsett. I mean, he he'll either help out in the receiving core or he will come in and be a return man. And you're running a four four three three in a forty yard dash. You give that kid a ball on, on a kickoff return or punt return, you you might just see the back of his numbers and look at his name as he goes by it, which would be a great help to him. I have him as eleven and five. Somebody's going to sneak up, you know, twelve and four looks, but I think somebody and it always happens every year will sneak up and they'll end up eleven and five. All right. Well, my Nets team I have in the division is I have the Titans at 8-8. Eight and, eight. and the reason I have them 8-8 eight eight is I'm going to talk to them for a little bit because they're the Titans. They're my team. <laughs> is um, Mariota. Mariota has already been named the starter. And I know it's training camp, but he hasn't thrown an interception at all during 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, and maybe against your own team. But that's still impressive. You still have people who throw interceptions against your own team. The wide receiving core from Tennessee greatly improved. You have Green Beckham, who they drafted out of um, – I think Oklahoma, Missouri, wherever he was at when he was picked up. You know, he had a year off from college, but he stayed in shape. It got him a year to learn to stay out of trouble. And I feel like he's going to do great in that system down there, you know, as maybe as a number three or four receiver. You got Justin Hunter, who's taking strides this year with his little legal issue he had. He was arrested earlier in July, but those charges have been dropped. And you bring over Harry Douglas from Atlanta, who's a very good route runner and position receiver who took over when – uh you know, Julio and White went down in Atlanta. He took over and had some good games. You have Delaney Walker, who I think will be great for Mariota. He's a check down tight end. You know, he can open up. You have Craig Stevens, Anthony uh, Fasanzio, who they brought in, another veteran. The offensive line, I think, is going to be better this year. You know, last year they weren't as good. I think a lot, I think adding the second year, third year guys they have there on the roster will improve. So I'm liking this offense. And if this offense comes together like the way it should with Green Beckham, Kendall Wright, Douglas, Hunter, Mariota. In theory, that's a very good lethal combination you have at wide receiver with the size you have in those guys. Uh, running back, you have Sankey, who should improve his second year. And then you have Cobb, the rookie, who's looking very impressive during training camp. Then you have McCluster down there doing kicks. And then you get to the defense side of the ball for the Titans where they improved this. They went out and said, we need defensive help, and they went and got it. They signed Brian Arakbo from the Redskins to where all you fans were like, you know, Goodbye, finally, get your injured-prone self out of here, go. But what you all didn't realize was when he wasn't hurt and getting double-edged sets, you all were praising him. So the key there is Arakbo has to stay healthy for this team. 
if he can stay healthy, there's going to be a great pass rush because you align a Ratbo right behind Casey, and then you got double-team Casey, and then Ratbo can come free, and that's what he does good. He can come free. You have Darren Morgan on the other side, who they wanted to re-sign. You have Hill at the nose tackle. And then the inside linebacker, you have Zach Brown, who was hurt all of last year, and that hurt them. He was taking great strides as a running back, got hurt, and took him out for a whole year, and they kind of lost that linebacker who can go in coverage because of the speed he had because, you know, you saw him at North Carolina. He had great coverage ability. You have Williamson on the other side linebacker with Gooden back and Huff. You had Woodyard still there who was, um, you know, with the Broncos during their little runs with Manning. He was great. Then they had cornerback Cotts, who was a great cornerback um, with the 49ers. He did great for them. You bring him in. You have McCourty on the other side who with it's just as good as his brother Devin. Devin's a safety. He's the cornerback, and he does great. You still have Michael Griffin, the free safety, longtime Titan, knows what he's doing. And then you went and signed the Buffalo Bill free agent and Cersei, who's just as good. So theory, Titans on paper look great. They have to bring all these pieces together and do good, and they have to come together as a team to where if they're good, this team could surprise someone. I don't have them in the playoffs, but they could sneak in and really make some um, turn some heads. Third, I'm going to have the Texans. And my problem with the Houston Texans this year is why I don't have them above the Titans is their quarterback play. Uh, you're going to have Ryan Mount down there who doesn't have a lot of experience. They signed Brian Hoyer. He was hurt. But you have, you know, the main guy they wanted was Mallet. You have a new coach. Foster is hurt now. He's going to have surgery. They're saying week eight possibly. You lose Andre Johnson. So now the man that has to step up is going to have to be Hopkins. And we got to see how he does as that step-up role. You have Cecil Shorts on the other side. And then they're tied in. You have Graham. So the big question mark for them is the quarterback. And can Hoyer do what he did when he was with Cleveland when he was healthy? Or is it going to have to be Mallet and see how much he did learn from Tom Brady? And the big thing is running back, what are they going to do? You know, they tried out Pierre Thomas. He didn't like the money. So could we see Ray Rice make his return to the NFL? I mean, everything sets up right to where they should look at Ray Rice. You know, he did his time. He was gone for a year. You know, we forgave Michael Vick. We forgave Adrian Peterson. We've forgiven people before. Rice, I think, deserves this opportunity to come in and see what he can do. And I think Tetson's, you know, it op- that it's a possibility for Rice to go there. What's the word? I mean, is he definitely, yeah. like, looking to... There's teams that are interested. No one's saying who they are because I don't think they want to be connected to him probably. Right. But there, there's teams that are interested. I think the Tetsons right. are one. They need a running back. Dallas is another one. I, I think I heard some of that mentioned... At some point in time today, they really didn't say it was, but when somebody mentioned, you know, Ray Rice, you get a, they had a couple guys in there, but they said, well, they, he not he's this one probably won't doesn't want this much money. He wants more than this. And somebody said, well, you know, Ray Rice wants to get back in. He's not going to complain about a whole lot of money. Right. He just wants to play and yeah. show people that he can. So you know, if, if it may not be now, it may not be next week. It could be a couple weeks, and you may see Ray Rice somewhere. You know, come in somewhere. Somebody needs this young man. Yeah, you that, know, to give him another chance. That's always been the history of the NFL, though. Like anybody who's kind of like a rejected player or something like that. There's always been a team who's look needed. at Vic. The Eagles took a chance on yeah. him, and look what he did against the Redskins that one year. He blew you right. guys up. <laughs> the Monday Night Massacre is what's now referred to yeah. as. And then you do the flip side for the Tetsons defensive side. You got J.J. Watt, who they said has just been manhandling every player the Redskins throw at him during their little scrimmages. You have Vince Wolford, who they signed to be a nose tackle right. up the middle, prove their run defense. And Clowney has made the transition outside mm-hmm. linebacker. You still have Cushing in the middle. 
and you have Joseph as a cornerback. So his defense is set to where, you know, for this division, you need pad rush. You need you're gonna need pass rushers for um, Andrew Luck. They certainly got it. If Clowney can get healthy and get what he was in South Carolina and JJ Watt. So, um, I mean, I think they're great on defense. The offense, I believe, still is going to be the wide receiver and the Foster's health, who's always hurt every year. We've already seen it now. And the quarterback play. So, I think their defense is set. Another, another example of quarterback play. And then we get to the lonely Jacksonville Jaguars, who I have at 4-12, and 12, once again, the bottom of the division. They made They had a good draft. You know, you got Blake Bortles, second year, I think will improve. Running back, you signed TJ Yeldon. You still have Robinson, Gerhardt. Receiving core, you have Hearns, who's got to take a step, and Robinson. So they've taken steps on the offensive side. I just think you, you signed Julius Thomas, and this is when we find out if Julius Thomas is the real deal or Peyton Manning made him who he was. So then you go to the defensive side. Fowler's out for the year. First practice in his rookie camp, he was gone. That killed them. That's, you know, they need, like you said, you need pass rushers for this division. They did that, and he got hurt. But you still have March defensive tackle, so I think losing him is going to hurt, and I think their offense will make steps, but I think the defense is still going to hurt this year for them. That's why I have them at 4-12. I don't think they can compete with the Colts. I don't think they can compete with most of these teams here. I mean, they did, I think, sweep the Titans last year for God, but the Titans were bad. But I still think the Colts are going to be the bottom of this division. And next year, you have Blake Bortles, so if you get the first pick, second pick in the draft, like I think they will another top five, Keep going with that defense side of the ball. You know, keep doing what you got to do. I mean, you got the kid from Ohio State who's projected to be the first pick. So my division standings will be the Colts at 12 and 4, Titans 8 and 8, Tetson 7 and 9, Jaguars 4 and 12. Colts will win the division. The Colts are my number one seed in the playoffs. How true. Of course, my AFC South, I have the Texans and the Titans, Titans switching positions. I have the Texans coming in at number two, but. Like I said, the Colts coming in number one. And the Texas, Texans coming in number two. I think Brian Hoyer will will start for him this year. Uh, you know, and as you, you look back at what, you know, take Brian Hoyer last year with uh, Cleveland. He had, his first six, seven games were not bad. They were pretty good. So, But then after that, it kind of faltered down. So give him a, he may help give him a quick start. Okay, and like you said, they added Vince Wolfolk on the defense. They, they got J.J. Watson, Jason Clowney. So if those guys, those quarterbacks in the division, out of the division, don't get enough time to uh, get the ball out, then that helps the secondary a lot because uh, the ball will either be going out too quick or not be going out at all, and it may be going the wrong direction when it goes out quick. So I got them coming in at nine at seven, coming in second. Uh, have the Titans coming in third. Okay, you know, Mariota is going to be the quarterback. Okay, and it, it it's going it's a good it's a good pick for them. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna prove his worth, but he's gonna still be another year or two away from uh, making the Titans a real contender in the South. Uh, they they uh, they seem pretty excited about this with Green Beckham, this re- wide receiver that they got in the draft, six five two forty. I think he can help Mariota down there with with the six five. Extension, you know, and him running a forty yards and four point four, not is is not bad, okay. So th- that'll help him. Uh, defense, they added, you know, they added Dick LeBeau, defensive coordinator for the three four. Uh, like you said, the uh, 
the other players, you know, they got a Rapco in, in in now. Zach Brown's back. They got, you know, Cox, a secondary guy from the 49ers. And uh, that that will help them. You know, the defense, which was ranked 29th, you know, let me get this right here, 27th ranked defense last year, which averaged giving up 27.4 points. So that may come down. If that comes down and Mariota can get a little bit more points scored than the 15.9 they averaged last year, and I looked all this stuff up, and I didn't remember <laughs> all this. Uh that that should bring. I think seven and nine for them, but you know, and then Jacksonville, I, five and eleven. Uh, that's an odd number, but uh, I think they could could end up five and eleven. Look at their schedule. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles, the second year under him. That they brought in an, an inside offensive lineman, uh, Steve Wisniewski, uh from Oakland, who should help out. The, the interior, and, and that's where you need a little help out on the offensive line is in the interior because, my God, if ain't nobody blocking up the middle, God forbid, the quarterback takes a step back and he's eating dirt. So, and then and then the defense, you know, they how will they, if they can just get a little bit together, even though losing the number one draft pick, and just hold, you know, the other offenses for a while, now, you know, their, their secondary is not bad. Okay, you know, in their secondary is not a bad unit. The problem is up front's not helping anybody out. And, you know, by the time you get to the end of the third and the fourth, they're tired of running all over the damn place. So now they're getting completions against them. But they have to come up from that 31-ranked offense and 26-ranked defense. I mean, you know, but I think 5-11 and 11 for the Jaguars would be a good season for them, get them up where they can get a – early pick next year, and it might be the, the, the pick that they actually want and need. So, you know, I had the Colts, 11-5, Texans 9-7, and seven, Titans 7-9, seven and nine, Jaguars 5-11. and 11. I do have the Colts, even though 11-5, being the number one seed, though. Don't ask me how that. I just like putting them in as the number one seed this year at playoff time. All right. So now we're going to move to the AFC West, where you have the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. How's, the Raiders. How's Chris Berman like to say it? Yeah. How did the Raiders do last year? They sucked. Did they? Did they go? Are they? Were they last in their division? Yeah. Yeah. When haven't they been last in their division in the past like ten years? <laughs> okay. Oh good. wait, they did go to the Super Bowl like couple like ten years. I think it was almost fifteen years now. Okay. Yeah. I just but haven't heard they, much from them. Yeah. So. They there is not much. The only thing you get from them is when they play San Francisco and there's a stabbing every year in the preseason. That's the most action their fans will get in the stadium. In terms of cheering, probably. Jeez. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, my God. We used to have more than It's not a you. good scenario over there. It's not. They're, they don't... I mean, when you run through coaches every two years, you really can't get a, a building block there. But they wanted the teams, and they're thinking about moving back to Los Angeles, the Raiders. They were mentioned in... Uh, with with Los Angeles looking for an NFL team, I think the Raiders were... Top of the One of them mentioned maybe number one or two. You said the top, and that's very possible for going back to L.A., I hope they're not going to the Coliseum because there was more empty seats there than me giving a concert <laughs> down at the Ellipse. <laughs> I'd go watch it, Dave. <laughs> well, let's go with the Broncos. And we have, I have the Broncos finishing first in this division, 11 and 5. I have the Chiefs, 10 and 6. Chargers, 8 and 8. And the Raiders, 5 and 11. Broncos, you have Peyton Manning. You're obviously going to do good. The only problem with Peyton Manning is I think his age started to show a little bit last year. Trying to continue the show. But you still have Daenerys Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders on the outside. 
You have Owen Daniels tied in once again with Gary Kubiak. And then you have the running back, and you have C.J. Anderson, who was the best running back in the lead from the last six weeks of the season when he came in, when all the other injuries went down there, when you have Monte Ball down and everything. So C.J. is going to start at number one. I think he's going to just keep on developing. Kubiak likes to throw. You know, also put in the running backs in his schemes and everything. You saw him with Forsett and Ray Rice putting them in the passing game. So Anderson's really going to sell. You know, we're going to see what's going to happen to tight end play with Daniels, see how he does with, you know, Julius Thomas gone. Wes Welker's uh, and his little head problem is gone. You know, no disrespect, but he just couldn't stay healthy. Defensive side, you have Von Miller still. You have Demarcus Ware. You lose Potrose up the middle. I think that's going to be a big loss to them. You still have Tlaib, Ward, and, and uh, Harris Jr. in the defensive uh, bats. And you draft Shane Ray. He's second on the depth chart behind uh, behind Demarcus Ware to where I think you're figuring out, you know, you're probably getting the last couple of years out of where to where he can start mentoring Ray, hopefully keep him out of trouble and bring him in slow, or maybe you can convert Ray to an inside linebacker. So we'll see what happens there. You have the Chiefs I have coming in second in that division, actually making the wild card. And I think the big thing with that would be is uh, you reunite Jeremy Macklin with um, Andy Reid, and they need help in the passing game. And the boy, do they get a big help with Jeremy Macklin? I mean, People complain, yeah, they didn't throw a touchdown to any of the receivers, but Dwayne Bowe, let's face it, wasn't the guy, the same guy he's been. So you really didn't have a receiving thing last year, but now you have the tight end, Kels, who's really good. You have Macklin. You have Wilson opposite. You have Jamal Charles out of the backfield, and you look at that. It's not really a bad bad little offensive scheme you have going on there. They have a great offensive lineman. You have Fisher, you know, the big number, number two pick, I believe, a couple years ago. So you have a good thing going on there in Kansas City. And the defensive side, the main thing was re-signing Houston, making them happy, which is what they did. They re-signed Houston. You've got Johnson in the middle. They you know, they're, they have a great defense, and I think that's what keep them in games. You have Poe at nose tackle, who's turned to an all-pro. So I think they're going to be good this year. I had them making the playoffs as my five seed, actually. And then you come to the Chargers and the Raiders, and the Chargers are just a team that they hang around until December, and then they fade away. They can't stay around after December. And, you know, you have Rivers, who reju- re- had his career rejuvenated the past couple of years, but you're going to be without Antonio Gates the first couple of games because of his suspension. That's a big loss to him. But you still have Keenan Allen and Michael Floyd on the outside, and they're pretty good. You have Oliver starting right now running back, but you're going to have Melvin Gordon, who will probably take over that role. And he was just a workhorse, as we all know, at Wisconsin. So you're going to have a great running back there. And then the linebacker, you're actually going to see Teo this year become the starter. You have Flowers, a cornerback. You have Weedle, probably one of the best safeties in the lead. So you're going to, it's a stream for the Chargers. I just don't think they can compete with these other teams. I think losing Gates is really going to affect them. And then you come to the Raiders, who I have somehow winning five games. I think they're going to pull some games out because of uh, Carr, I think, will take the next step as a quarterback. And your wide receivers, you do have Cooper, you have Captree, you have Rivera to tight end, so they do bring some more to the table now, especially Murray at running back, Trent Richardson, you have Halu there now. So I think their offense will be better. Defensive side, you know, last year, you know, they went and got Justin Tuck, who's, you know, he's losing himself, and he's not the same guy. You have Charles Wilson at free safety, for God's sakes. Look how old he is. You have Hayden at quarterback, who's actually pretty good. So I had them at 5-11 and 11 because I don't think they can compete with the other teams in this division. But I do think they're going to hopefully bang out five wins. I'm hoping my prediction comes true. They're going to have another early pick in the draft. 
And I think if they had this pick in the draft, they need to concentrate with defense because if you look at it, Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers, you know, Broncos, you don't know how long Manny will be there for. But the thing that separates the Chiefs and the Broncos from the other two is they both have pass rushing abilities. So they have people that can get to Phillip Rivers, people that are going to get to Derek Carr, who didn't have a great offensive line last year. So they have, I mean, you really look at Chargers and Raiders, yeah, they have a good defense, but they can't really get to those two offensive sides. And that's what really kills them is the defensive side. Uh, what are your thoughts on the West? Well, my, my so- thoughts are, yeah, I have the Broncos coming in first this year as things keeps running away from me. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and tighten it. There you go. Yeah, let me tighten <laughs> keep it, it down. Keep it in front of you. you should be oh, good. Both of us have a screw loose. <laughs> so I, I got the Broncos coming in uh uh, you know, first in the AFC West. I mean, you look at what what they've done. You know, what, since they've added Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton turns thirty nine this year. Okay, that's everybody's saying that is. Major concern is what his durability is going to be for the whole, uh, you know, sixteen game schedule plus the playoffs. And they were talking about the, their offensive line. Uh, how would that be an issue? So. What they did, they went out and got some key additions. They got Shelly Smith, a guard, and they got the uh, center, uh, Gradkowski, to, to help out in the middle and sure that up for uh, Peyton. Uh, Defensive-wise, they, you know, Von Miller is back. We had 14 sacks last year. DeMarcus Ware, I think, will play a little – how can you say this? Play a little better than he did last year, which it wasn't that bad. And then you know, Antonio Smith and the inside linebacker, Reggie, Reggie Walker. Uh, their secondary is strong. Okay, they their team defense ranked number three last year. Offense ranked number fourth. Uh, I, I think they'll they'll go in at eleven and five. And uh, I, I want to give a little shout out here to, to to Denver. They did draft a uh, University of Maryland young man, uh, Darius Kilgo. He's a defensive tackle. So let's get a little personal. We got a local boy playing for probably one of the best teams in the NFL. Now, secondly, I have since you know looking at Chargers and Raiders down there, Chiefs coming in at number two. All right, like you had mentioned, they have you know Jeremy Macklin coming in, and uh, they also shored up their offensive line. You know, they added three offensive linemen: Grubbs, uh, Lincoln Bach, and and Fanica, I believe that's how I pronounce his last name, and that helps shore up everything for Alex Smith. Now, does that give Alex Smith a little bit more time? Let's hope so, because if you look at it, last year he threw no TDs any wide receiver. Unless I'm wrong, but I'm, I was looking things up. By Smith, no, they didn't have a wide receiver, so that's why yeah. you bring in Macklin right, right. this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they have a, a pretty decent tight end. I think it's Travis Keek or, Keek or whatever. Kelsey. Kelsey. Okay, I wrote that down. I <laughs> didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> you know, he had 67 catches and 862 yards last year. It's not bad. And then you have... You know, Jamal Charles. I mean, that that says it all right there. Okay. Probably one of one of the, you know, best running backs in the NFL. So, you know, d- the defense will improve a little bit more. I mean, they'll get like you said, they signed uh Houston back. Uh and here's the thing, they're special teams, which was always a uh, good thing with Andy Reid when he was a head coach. You know, six TDs returns last year on kickoffs and Punt returns, okay? And, you know, they also did their thing. I'm making them sound like they should win the uh, division, but they're in there with Denver. So I, I picked them to come in second with a 10-6 and six record and be in the playoffs. 
The number three is the Chargers. I picked them to come in at eight and eight. Uh, you know, Philip is going. Philip Rivers is going to have to step it up a little bit, and it looks like so far he's having a pretty good uh, spring training. Uh, not spring training. Hell, I'm thinking of baseball. You know, preseason. So, and, and you know, and I, like I say, I'm an old old guy here. I'm looking at if he can get some more help on the offensive line to you know, give, give him time enough to, to get to his receivers. And, uh, you know, looking at some of the stats from last year, 11 interceptions to touchdowns, you know, 11 to 18. So, and you're going to miss your Antonio Gates for a few games. And, you know, I, I just think that, and I stopped saying that's too much, but I think they'll come in at eight and eight and, uh, get third. And then the Raiders, you know, even drafting Amari Cooper to to give, uh, you know, Carr another person to throw at. Now, you know, they brought in, you know, Chris Ponder, who helped out. He was up in uh, Minnesota for a little while. And they got Roy Hallou from the Redskins. Uh, Trent Richardson, who I'm not sure how much he'll help because he, you know, didn't help too much in Cleveland, didn't help too much in Baltimore from, you know, what I'm looking at. And then there's Michael Crabtree. How much of a distraction can can he be to the Raiders or is he right in now with a great team that's full of distractions? So with that, you know, and let me get back to that. Can he help out? Could he give Amari Cooper some help that he needs to to get into the NFL ranks? Well, that that's a question to be asked. But uh, I think they'll end up 4-12. Uh, and 12 and bring up the bottom of the AFC West. So that those are my picks, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders in that order. All when, right. when did Halu end up going to the Raiders? This, this year. Is this new? This, oh. this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. He went bye-bye. Yeah. So we're going to get to our playoff picture. We're not going to do our Super Bowl pick until next week's show. I'm going to wait for Brad for that one. Yeah. Brad will be back next week. So I have the Broncos in 1-1. I have, excuse me, Colts 1, Broncos 2, Pats 3, Ravens 4, then I have Chiefs, Steelers, so I have Pat Steelers in the first round, and I have the Ravens, Chiefs. I have Patriots will be playing the Colts. I have Ravens versus the Broncos. And then I'm going to have a rematch of Colts versus Broncos. I'm going to have the Colts in the Super Bowl playing against the Green Bay Packers. All right, here's my playoff for for, for this. I'm just going to, you know, Colts, I, I already said, I said earlier that they would be a number one seed. Broncos be number two. Uh, first round, the playoffs first round would be uh, number four, Ravens versus the Chiefs. Uh, Patriots, number three versus Steelers. Now, the second round, I predict the Chiefs will beat the Ravens and they'll go up against the Broncos and the Steelers will go up against the uh, Colts with the uh, winners of those two games being the Broncos and the Colts. And uh, unfortunately, I, I think the Broncos, and I, I go back to John Elway's last year quarterbacking the Broncos, they went to the Super Bowl. This could be Manning's last year. Trying to go out in the big hurrah. This could be the Broncos in the Super Bowl from the AFC. That would be amazing. All right. Well, that's what we have for the AFC. So uh, we'll come back next week, or next week and we'll do our Super Bowl picks. So we're going to shift gears here. Are we rest starting to wrap up? No, we're going to shift just to Nationals. Oh, okay, gotcha. We're going to save the rest of the talk for next week for when Brad's here because I know he has a lot to talk about. So we're going to do a quick Nationals uh, talk. Mm -hmm. 
Breaking news for the Nationals. Uh, first off, they won the day 8-3. to three. Joe Ross got the win. Yay. All right. The big news, which just broke now, Steven Strasburg returns to the rotation on Saturday. Doug Fister has been demoted to the bullpen, and Joe Ross will be into the rotation now. Joe Ross, who's a rookie, I think he's 22 years old, has been pitching great the past couple of games. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs a game. Yes, he has. Just um, don't let him go past the six. Yeah, so what I've seen. Uh, Fister's been having some command trouble. He's been keeping his balls up. Baseball. You know. He's been keeping his ball, baseballs yeah, up Ramos in the strike been zone. Him a low target. <laughs> and so Fister, nice. Fister moves to the bullpen. Another long reliever with Tanner Roark. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so the big thing for the Nationals since I've been gone is they traded for Jonathan Papelbon. Papelbon. Papelbon, who moves to the closer role. Storen, who had 27, I believe, 28 saves, 28. moves down to the setup man, and people are wondering, why would you do this? Well, here's here's my point of view from, and also probably Rizzo's Williams, is you didn't get Papelbon to be the closer. You got him, you got him to be the closer and to upgrade your bullpen. I look at this bullpen now, and I see we have a lead at the seventh inning. We're not going to lose this game because you bring in Storen in the eighth to shut him down, who's a closer, and then you bring in Papelbon in the ninth to finish off the game. But here's a big difference why I like Papelbon. He's won a World Series. He's gotten the 27th out in a World Series. Storen has not been that reliable in the playoffs. He has yet to get a clinching 27th out. You bet three years ago, you know, I still argue those were strikes, but he didn't get past it. His mental game was gone. He let the Cardinals take it last year. He had his chance after Zimmerman let the hit come in to prove that, hey, I'm over it two years ago. I can do this. Let the Giants tie it up. Nats going to lose. And that was a big game. Instead of going... Instead of maybe 1-1 going back to San Francisco, you're down 2-0, and then now you have to win three straight. So that was a big thing. So you bring in a guy who's a veteran. You have him from next year who's gotten the 27th out in the World Series, who knows what it's like to wear a ring, just like Jason Wirth when they brought him in here for all that money. It was to bring someone in here who knows how to win. So you go to the seventh, you bring in Casey Jansen. The eighth, you bring in Drew Storen. The ninth, you bring in Palabon. All three have been closers. And there you go. There's right. your bullpen, 7-8-9. You have the lead. After sits, bring him in, shut him down, game over, move on, and that's one. That's what they need. Their bullpen sucks. It was horrible. You send down Aaron Barrett, who was horrible in that bullpen. I mean, the throw he did last night was idiotic. Any other normal pitcher or veteran probably would have just held on to the ball, not try to beat him at the first. They're up 3-2. to two. The ball goes past the first baseman. A bunt turned into a triple because of an error. Jeez. You turn a bunt, turn into a two. It's not an RBI or triple because of the error, but it turned into a, a, a triple. little league triple. Yeah. Oh, Triple man. I used to do when I was in the ponies. <laughs> I used to bunt the ball and get to third base. <laughs> but I mean, that's what they need. They need a bullpen. They didn't get the bat, but the reason people were like, well, what about the bat? What about the bench? You have Rendon's back now. He's hitting the ball again. Zimmerman knocked up an RBI double. He's been hitting the ball since he got back. He has two home runs. Worth, it's starting to get, I think he's starting to come around a little bit. He's getting better. Possibly. Harper, what, I mean, you can't really, what more can you say about Harper? You get Span back probably in the next week or so. Span, yeah, but Span's their leadoff guy. You, right. you need back up there. They, they really don't have a true leadoff guy right well, now. They're mixing the Yeah, matches. the th- difference between es- Escobar and Span, and Span will make count to go to eight, nine, right. seven pitches. Span, right. Escobar's go up. I see the first pitch, I'm going. Span, doesn't matter if it's down the middle. He's going to take that first strike because he's going to make that pitch work. Same for Jason Worth, who's also starting to get like that. And Harper... I think has learned some things from being around Worth and Span about taking pitches and being smart. So they're 
with a win today, they're about they're one and a half games behind the Mets. The Mets finally took them over after the sweep. So the Mets lose today will be one game. So hopefully they you can use today. You know, they take, you know, they split the series with the Diamondbacks 2-2. You have Colorado coming in. You got to take two or three from Colorado. You can't do one or three. You can't get swept. If you get swept, you're going to have a lot of catching up to two. You're going to have to play almost 10 games over 500 the rest of the season, I think, to catch the Mets. So they got it. So they, their offense 4-8 today has got to keep it going. And the bullpen's got to be solid. You bring back up Blake Trinan, who was sent down to get command issues. He went 12 scoreless innings in AAA. Granted, it's AAA, but he got his command back. He was working on a changeup inside, fastball inside. And his fastball can reach 97-98. Right. Most people can't touch that in the majors. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, what goes from there. I hope Storm can understand, you know, when. This is about winning. This isn't about you and closing. This isn't about your feelings. We need a win. We need someone who can get that 27th out in the playoff who's done it, and Papelbon has done it, and that's what they brought him here for. Yeah, but you also learn from Papelbon, too. When, when you're when both of them are out there, you, you, you need to talk over situations. You know, how do you handle this? What's your best pitch here? What's yours here? So even with Papelbon there, Drew needs to, you know, not saying that he's inadequate, but you get some advice always from a veteran that has been there and done it. They're always willing to give a young person some advice, and that advice could lead to better things within the next couple of years, even the, the rest of the season, you know? So just because I, I heard something last week, I think it was last week, yeah, that with signing Papelbon, did that put a distraction and split the clubhouse? Now, that was mentioned. I'm trying to think if I heard it from, you know, was it Carpenter, Santangelo, or maybe it was on one of the other... Uh, 106.7 also talked about it today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how can you bring in... A, you're trying to win a World Series. You look at it as a player. I'm trying to win. Okay? I mean... And that's it, what Rizzo's mentality has always been. He right. wants to win. And if, if I'm sitting there on the bench, and okay, sitting there, and, and they bring in somebody else, I go, well, you know, I'd like to have a ring... Oh, I've been starting, but you have to take your emotions and and your pride, all right, and say, okay, I'll swallow for a little bit because we want to win. Okay, I was helping us win, but now we have somebody here that's better, a little bit better, but with us two here on the team, we can now take this to the next level. It's 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 got to come back to a full team concept, and, and I hope that it hasn't done anything in the clubhouse. It doesn't seem like it has. Well, I from... think it lit a fire in her storm because he oh, set a, he set a team record today. He retired his 19th straight guy, so he probably set that's a fire. Tryon came in the ninth and threw three straight strikeouts. Okay. So that's what they needed. So Clint Robinson's going to be great off the bench. And Desmond's starting to hit the ball now. I think he's hearing all this talk he about... a couple today. He's probably hearing all this talk about, you know, Espinosa should start. Trey Turner to show up. And I think that should light a fire. That would light a fire underneath my ass if I hear radios and people talking. If I hear Matt Williams go on the radio yeah. and says, well, we're going to evaluate that day to day. If I hear my manager saying the radio, I'm going to be like, all right, I need to go out and do something now well, or I'm going to lose this. Well, Trey Turner's kind of lighting it up a little bit down yeah. there. They showed some stats on him last night. I was watching the game and, you know, bring him up. Turner may, he may be a September call up. Yeah. And it might've been a good thing for Espinosa, you know, to, to play th- a little bit of short last night. I mean, Here's guys, Espinosa, who they were talking about at some point in time, was the MVP of the team. He was hitting. You, you, you have uh, the, the other reserves that were in there playing. Okay? They held them in first place. 
They held them in that spot. They fought. They did everything they had to do, their bench did, to get them at that point. Okay? And, and now, and I hate to say it, but you bring back your starters and you lose first place. Now you're in second looking up. Only a game and a half right now, but come on, guys. You know, you, you got to get some drive. You got to get hungry. But here's the thing. They also start of August last year, they were down two games to Atlanta and they went on a roll. So that's we need that 10-game win streak. But here's the thing. After you play Colorado, got to go west to play well, Dodgers yeah. and the Giants, which are going to be playoff teams. Here's the thing that got me about the start of the All-Star break. Uh, you don't start – Sergio doesn't play the weekend, and you saw what the Mets manager did – he saved his top three guys to right. face the Nash because he saw, look, if right. Harvey uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard goes these three, they're going to be able to go again the next three games. So that's what the Mets manager did was he wanted to get the lead, and maybe Williams was like, all right, you know, you're going to do that against us, whatever. Maybe down the road Williams sees maybe I can go Scherzer because Scherzer didn't pitch against him at all. And I think that hurt him is you need Scherzer out there to pitch. All right, but he can't pitch every game. Well, he can't, but he should at least have him in one of the Mets games, uh, I yeah. think. And that's where the Mets manager was smart to where he made sure his top three guys played the Nets. And everyone was like, well, why aren't you playing your three guys against the Cardinals? Uh, I'm saving them for the Nets. They're going at Syndergaard did the first game against the Cardinals and was able to go around for right. game three. Who are they trailing uh, game the and Mets. a half? The okay. Mets. All right. So that's the Nets talk for the day. We'll discuss more about yeah. the Nets week. Hopefully they're back in first by Nets week. Yeah. Uh, quick resting note then the show. Deshaun Jackson went out of training camp today, separated shoulder. Somehow he separated hitting the the sled. So I'm assuming, I don't know if he mishit it or needs to get drink those well, protein shakes or something. You I don't can know hit that sled pretty good and, and separate your, your, your shoulder on that. Even, you know, with, with full pads on it's, it's, I I've seen some young kids in my coach in high school football that have, uh, had a slight shoulder separation, you know, hitting the sled. It's a certain way, but let's hope that it's not anything serious. And that, you know, he, he will be back pretty soon. Um, D'Angelo Hall went out with an injury. He's old. Yeah, Amerson's <laughs> been hurt. Breedland's hurt, and he's suspended. That's another thing. Bashar Breedland will be suspended for the first game, and he got hurt. Right. Uh, RG3, Kirk Cousins, and Colt McCoy have all looked horrible. According to every report, they have looked horrible. RG3 has shown flashes, but he's also been horrible. Kurt has been the worst out of the bunch, they've said. McCoy is only physically limited to what he can do. Uh, they got Moore's practicing with uh, catching the ball more to probably use him on third right. down because Matt Jones has been hurt. Well, they lost Halu too, so they're trying to get something on third down but there. That, like I said, Paul, who did I say was going to be the Russian's rookie who I thought would make the most impact? Do you remember? Uh, I do not. Wasn't the offense tackle? Was the wide receiver from Duke Crowder? Crowder, yeah. And he's been lighting eyes up. So, okay. Brad, if you're listening on the Metro or <laughs> Nats Park or YouTube, Crowder's been lighting it up, like I said. Uh, Sheriff, the big thing is they draft him as a tackle, but they moved him to guard and put Moses out to tackle. I want to talk, I'm wondering, we're going to touch more on this next week. Uproar from people, well, why are you moving there? Why are you spending It's not about that. It's about no. you're upgrading your offensive line. Right. You're going to have to do piece by piece by piece. So, Russian fans, don't get mad because no. you move him around. Uh-uh. He's still going to make an impact at offensive line. Yeah, Green Bay Packers used to do that gradually. They would draft all tackles and take a couple of them, put them in the guards, and look how they didn't turn out too bad either. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they said Watt, you know, he did Sheriff the first time he blew Sheriff away. That's expected. Yeah, they said Sheriff held his own, Moses held his own sometimes, but they said Watt got free on one play, and they said if this was live contact, RG3 would have been dead. 
Oh, they said the, they said the yellow jersey saved RG3 because they said Watt broke through and RG3 decided to scramble. And when he turned around, Watt was right there. And they said if Watt wanted to, he would have probably picked RG3 up and probably threw him like a rag doll. They said, <laughs> yeah. he would, they said they would have been a funeral for RG3. Oh, no. They would've, said, did say Watt. RG two and a half. They said Watt, <laughs> they said Watt picked him up, gave him a hug and sent him right back down. Yeah. And I think, I think RG3 got a little scared about that. But I mean, so it's not looking good for the the Redskins. Not this look, year. I don't think RG three is going to be here. They're thinking Kurt Cousins may be cut. They're saying they may keep McCoy. So we got to see what happens. I mean, yeah. you got Deshaun hurt, so you're going to have. Can Kurt they Song. still? Is there still trading and and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, going week on? six is the trade deadline. Yeah, a week six. Okay. But here's the thing, though: if Cousins looking bad, who's what? Are you gonna, what is someone going to give up for him? You're not going to get much for him anymore. Yeah. Oh I mean, hell no! And Danny trading Cleveland for for Manziel. Get another big name you in here. They they should have if they wanted to trade Cousins, they should have did it two years ago after he had that great last right. part of the season when he had when he filled in for RG three and took you know the won the game against the Browns and the People Ravens. People were looking at him and but since last year when he did bad, it was like eh, I guess he's not as good as they thought. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens there because Shanahan, I think Kyle when he went to Cleveland wanted right wanted Kurt and they mm-hmm. said you know but Danny boy and then we're like oh I think he's a second round third round pick. No, you should have taken the fourth and the five and developed more in the draft. But that was before Scott McLellan right. came in. Yep, mm-hmm. correct. So next week on the show, we're actually going to do our college football preview show. Well, I'm okay. already ahead of you on that. I know you are, but we're not going to do okay. the whole 25. I was trying to be nice. That's right. We'll put your 25 on the website. We'll get, we're will get we going to get that website going now. Uh, a lot more. Uh, like I said, we have our fantasy football show coming up, and I've actually talked to Paul. And we're actually going to get a thing going where Thursday before our fantasy football show, you're going to go online and see my top 10 for every position for the week and my top five starts and sit So... I'm going to be the Matthew Barry of um, the Shipe Sports Talk show and <laughs> hopefully help some of you guys out in winning games. Uh, next week, college football, we're going to preview. We're going to do our top 10. Uh, we'll do like the top three Heisman watch. And we're going to talk about the major conferences. We're not going to go every single team because it would take us about 10 episodes and probably a four-hour show. We don't have time for that. Yeah. So we'll just stress who we're thinking to win. Each, yeah, we're going to stress who's going to win each conference. And we're also going to go into Maryland. we got to talk about the local team, Maryland, who's – or making improvements to look better in both men's and college basketball. Congratulations, Maryland Turfs. ESPN preseason number one in college That's basketball. Right. I did yes, hear about Maryland Turfs. So congrats Here to them. Here we go. Go Maryland. Finally good for a local team to get going. Their football, everything's going high for Maryland right now. They're looking good. If everyone thought, oh, Big Ten, they're going to be bad, they're showing people up right now. Nice. So we got that next week. So we'll talk more Nats next week, more Redskins, and then Paul take it over for your sports talk. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so Matt was just, I guess he's saying that we're going to have more stuff on the website. So um, we're definitely going to be looking to put more information on there, uh, make it more. Oh, oh real yeah, quick, go ahead, go ahead. Real quick. Ronda Rousey kept her title this week in the fight, beat the girl. And I think it was like 59 seconds. No, it was like, she's had 39, like, 30, like yeah, like 39, she's had, 34 seconds. She's had 12 fights. She's only spent a total of 25 minutes in the cage. Who that girl? Rousey's only yeah. spent 25 minutes in the cage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no fight's ever gone to a decision, so she keeps winning. That's so. crazy. She's she's a she's a beast. I mean, like not like she just in the ring. She just whoops everybody. Ah, oh, she just whoops everybody. And then they're saying she could probably take on a couple men too and probably beat them. I know she keeps hinting that she wants Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Mayweather accepted a fight. Thought against, he said he was coming back. Mayweather accepted a fight against a guy. I don't know his name. Some unknown guy who's three and three in his last fight. Yeah, way to pick a good opponent. Yeah, I think what they're setting up is have him win this fight. The rematch is Pacquiao will be for his fifty and zero, and then he'll be done. Done. Oh, uh, Pacquiao gives him forty nine one when he's healthy. 
That would be good. So, um, yeah, so that does it. Now, Paul, sorry for interrupting. Now <laughs> you can right. take over, buddy. So the website where you'll be able to find all that awesome information is uh, com, And uh, it's a, you can also get in touch with us at just sending emails to shipesportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet us at shipesportstalk. Um, and Facebook, of course. Facebook, you can find us. If you just, just search on the... Shape Sports Talk, you'll be able to find everything. But YouTube, we have a pretty good collection of uh, old episodes and episodes to come every Thursday at 7 o'clock. Just uh, tune into the YouTube. You can get it from our uh, search on YouTube or just get it from the website, and you'll be able to join in all the fun. One quick thing, I have two spots left in the fantasy football. We're filling up in spots, so I have two spots left. The winner will get the first ever Shy Sports Talk Fantasy Trophy. Nice. So there's two spots left in the fantasy league. The draft is August 30th. It's a Sunday at 9 p.m., so I hope everyone's able to make it. Paul's already signed up. We got Brad. We got me. So hopefully you get in. There's only, like I said, two spots left. So get on it before someone takes you. You're going to message me on Facebook. Message the the Facebook page, anything. I'll send you. I'll shoot you out an email for the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or email, like I said, or tweet. There's plenty of ways to get in touch with uh, with Matt and, and the show. So uh, don't hesitate. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a rating, uh, comments on any of the uh platforms we'd love to hear it and uh let us know if you're listening let us know uh, you know what you think and we'd love to hear from you one quick rule if you do the fantasy football league you can't watch my show the week i play you <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so for me for paul for the coach for brad somewhere in that's part probably he was in diamond club so you know he had all the all you can drink beers so I'm he's sure on assignment right? brad brad had a fun time today oh i'm sure he did i'm sure brad probably doesn't remember the ball game <laughs> so for Brad who will be back next week we'll go over our Super Bowl picks uh, thank you for listening like Paul said look for us on iTunes and Stitcher download comment give us a rating and have a great weekend go Nats go Nats go Nats see ya goodbye adios <laughs>